This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be listening to the fifth and concluding part of a sermon my husband delivered in his series on heavenly authority. The focus has been on celibacy versus marriage in ministry. Before we return to the sermon, let me give you the church website address for serious Bible study. It is www.shiarjeshub.org and you spell Shi'ar Jeshub, S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. On the shiarjashub.org website, you will find a library of Bible study radio programs as well as videos of the Sunday live stream messages, including the current series on eschatology and what the Bible says about last day events. So now let's rejoin Pastor Greg for the conclusion of the sermon, and we will go back a minute for context. A person might have the gift of celibacy to go on the mission field into very dangerous situations where undivided attention can mean life or death. Doesn't mean that they're given that gift for their whole lives. 1 Corinthians 7-9 would tell you that there should never be a vow made, a lifetime vow for such, because it would be foolish. It would be a place for the devil to work his work in a person's life and bring them down. The condition I just mentioned with the missionary would be like a battlefield, right? Uh, in battle, if you're at war, there are more important things on your mind than, you know, settling down. Have you're, you're concerned with life and death. And many times on the, on the mission field and where Paul went on his journeys, he was like a man going to battle. And so his mind was undivided focused in what he did. But let's say Paul had not been beheaded by Nero, right? And he settled down in a church. Might he have then taken a wife? Well, he allows himself that option in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, right? He doesn't say, no, I have to make, I have to wrap my hands up and make this lifetime obligation. When the way God created people from the very beginning is actually in opposition to it. Only by grace can it function for a time, for a purpose. And as I said, some positions of authority in the church, it's not even wise. It's not wise. Paul was going out as a, as a missionary. Look what it says here in 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, and we're going to go through these words uh, later on in the series, that's episcopus. You see some of these words where they get the name Episcopalian, right? If you look at elder, it's presbyteros. We get Presbyterian from that. And depending upon what type of authority structure the church embraces, they'll call themselves, you know, they follow bishops, they follow elders, Episcopal, Presbyterian. If a man desires the position of a bishop, and that word there, bishop, episcopus, really means overseer, an overseer, one that oversees the flock. He desires a good work. A bishop then must be what? Blameless, the husband of 
one wife. You can't be a polygamist, which was common in the pagan world. The husband of what? One wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission. Having his what? His children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, and there's an important principle here, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, not a new convert, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Matter of fact, Paul's saying here that if he can run his family, if he can care for his wife, his children, or believers, he's going to be better off in taking care of the church of God. If he can't control his own house, how can he take care of the church of God? It's almost as though it's a criteria, right? Now, we don't want to be dogmatic in the other extreme. But you see the overseer is someone, the father figure that can oversee the church because he's someone that has been able to oversee his family. The husband of one wife. So where do you get bishops, right, that are celibate? How does the scripture, you got to add tradition to it because the Bible just doesn't hold up celibacy. If you look down, he says, deacons likewise must be reverent, not double-tongued, verse 8. He says, uh, in verse 11, likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderous, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own house as well. Same idea. Now, the Catholic Church will sometime allow for lay people and call them deacons sometimes and say, well, they can be married. But clearly up above, the bishop, which they make the word bishop more bishop-like than bishop is. Bishop here means pastor, overseer. The overseer of the church, the, you know, the leader of the church, the leaders of the church, married, one wife, family that's in submission, and they have all the criteria for how they have to be sober-minded, good behavior, able to teach. This is the wisdom that God gave to Paul. If you look at um, Titus chapter 1, just a couple more scriptures. Titus chapter 1, verse 5, For this reason I left you in Crete, that uh, you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders. Now here the word elders is used, presbuteros. In every city as I commanded you, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop, he uses the words interchangeably here, for a bishop must be blameless, etc., etc., etc. Okay. Again, married, right? And you see how there's a church, right, in Ephesus. You read about Aquila and Priscilla. They're in Rome. They're kicked out when uh, the emperor makes the Jews leave. Uh, and Paul finds them at Corinth, and they have the same trade in tent making, right? So they go with him. And then he leaves them in Ephesus to start work there, to work on the work at Ephesus. And that's where Apollos comes, and they both explain to Apollos the better way of the Lord, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 19, Paul talks about the church that meets at their house. And then later on, they go back to Rome. And in Romans chapter 16, you read about they have another church. And it's always together, Aquila and Priscilla. They're a team 
in Christ Jesus. They have a house, a church meeting at their house. And just to, you know, to summarize it up, a key scripture, you go to 1 Timothy and look at chapter 4, that we put aside this theory that celibacy is a requirement for any type of religious service. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says, expressly says, explicitly says, no doubt about it, this, this wrong teaching is going to come into the church, that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, forbidding to marry, and commanding to what? Abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Two characteristics given of this hypocrisy that's going to come in this deceiving spirit, this doctor of demons, they're going to tell people you can't marry. And certain foods you have to abstain from. Now, what does that sound like? That's why there's so many problems. And I, I, I say this not to knock down the Catholic Church, because, I mean, you know, you can have ministers that are married that commit all types of abominations, and you've seen that. But, you know, it's quantity and... and People are sinful and people fall. But when you make a circumstance that encourages them to become sinful and fall, you're going along with the devil. There are so many millions of Catholics that feel only a priest can be holy because he's celibate. He's given over to God. And they're just men who would be better off tending their flock if they were married. I mean, how much worse could you get than what happened to the Catholic Church over the last decade? I don't believe there should be a priesthood. I believe it's against the scriptures. But how much better off they would have been if they were going to have this priesthood, that they would have a man married, having children. You'd have some normalcy rather than having this priest off on the side with the little altar boys. right? And there's no place in the scripture. Are there people given a gift of being able to abstain and not marry for either a time and a season or some few like Paul? their whole lives? Yes. But it's not wrapped up into an institutional dogma with vows taken, right? If you've ever gone into some of these rectories, there's a lot of unhappiness there. It's not light, it's darkness. There's a lot of doubting and despair. And then as they doubt their faith, it all falls apart, rather than encouraging their faith, because what is one of the people that God gives you to build you up in the ministry when things are going tough. Many times, Aquila has Priscilla. You got your wife there. But that man has no wife. And you don't want to have an unnatural dependence of him to another man that can lead to other problems. Right? It's unnatural. Anyone with common sense knows from what the scriptures say it should not be done. And yet it was done centuries ago, centuries and centuries ago, and it's born bad fruit. And you would hope that someone would rise up in the church and say, you know, they equate that to liberalism for their leaders to get married when all the apostles were married. 
But to us who are not part of that system, or many who hear this message might still have background or relatives in that system, it should be clear to us this distinction between having a gift for service of God and positions of authority, all the positions in the New Testament, there is never a criteria for celibacy. It's a gift that can help in a position, and some positions, like pastor, overseer, where you have the man interact with the families of the church, it's not even a gift that you expect God to give, because based on what it says here, you would expect that God wants that man to have a family to relate and understand what's going on. We need to be clear about it ourselves. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we just pray that you would give wisdom to your church, Father, that all these questions of authority, that there has been so such misuse and such twisting, Father, that you would give wisdom, breathe wisdom upon your people, Lord God, and make your word supreme in all matters. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. On our website at shiarjashub.org, you will find Pastor Greg's series on Christian marriage. And there is a link to Pastor's award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer. Besides the hundreds of radio programs, you will find a link to our Shiar Jashub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. We live stream the Sunday message at 10.30 a.m., and then the programs are left up on the channel for viewing at your convenience. You have access to free, in-depth Bible studies 24-7. And again, our website is shiarjashub.org.